Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special, and by special, I mean me and Nando are both on the road. We're not in our home studios to record this. A yeah. very special edition of the Woke Bros. I'm Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazney Lambray. That's Nando Vila. Uh, he's headed to a Jack White concert of all places. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's, let's just get right into it, Nando. I'm actually here in San Francisco, the city by the bay. Uh, I'm here for the NBA Finals. Uh, game one will be Thursday night. You guys should be getting this Thursday morning. Uh, pretty excited. My second ever NBA Finals. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty dope shit. Uh, where are, you, yeah, are, you, are you going to the actual game? Yeah, yeah, going to the game, of course. Where, where are your you seats, know, dude? I'm big-time NBA media. What do you mean? I've been assigned to right. seat as credentialed. What are you talking Hell about, yeah. man? I'm one Hell of yeah. the big dogs. But, yeah. uh, man, listen, I wanted to talk to you about just a couple of things. Of course, uh, what's been in the news is the shooting down in – how do you say that? Uvalde, Texas? Uvalde. Yeah, Uvalde, there was another one just there, – there was another one just now that just broke uh, in Tulsa. So yeah. that Tulsa, Oklahoma, people getting popped – uh, out in Buffalo, New York, which didn't quite have the black, white, whatever dynamic or whatever. So people kind of wanted to ignore it. Uh, that happened very recently. And of as is always the case, the gun control, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada stuff has been in the news, Nando. And I, I hate to say this shit, but like this is it's so cyclical at this point, like. Like, there's no um, difference in anything that happens. Everybody's outraged. You know, everybody gets mad when the Republicans offer thoughts and prayers. Um, everybody gets all high horsey. We just, you guys just need to do something, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and on and on and on and on and on it goes. But um, nothing ever really gets done about it. Uh, and I think we all know why. The gun lobby... One, look, there's, like, we're to the point where, like, it's not like cocaine, right? Where, like, if theoretically, if the war on drugs worked, you could, like, stop cocaine from coming in. And, the, you know, there would just be, people would just use up all the rest of the coke that was left and it'd be gone, right? Or heroin or weed or whatever. With guns, like, there's already hundreds of millions of guns here. They're not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah. save for the government stepping in in a way that just just doesn't seem very likely. Uh, so like you can't get rid of the amount of guns that's here. Add to the fact that the gun manufacturers and the gun lobby are so rich and so influential, they flood so much of the zone with money 
So the politicians aren't interested in it because they're awash in gun cash. And, you know, I was making this point this morning when I did TYT with uh, our man J.R. Jackson. Um, and you're somebody who pointed this out to me too, Nando. Uh, Americans think of themselves first as people who are buying shit, consumers, yeah, consumers. right? Like, it's yeah. like my right to get a gat. It's my right to buy this stuff. I love it. It's another product. You can't deprive me of my right to buy this shit. And so you put all of those three things together and it becomes this circular shit. And then, of course, you got a fucking Democratic Party who claims to care about this stuff, who literally can never lift a finger on it, no matter how powerful they are. And, you know, you get a bunch of people whistling, you know, a bunch of people howling at the moon, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, it's become really depressing. And it really, uh, you know, and, and it's just one of the other bleak things about living in this kind of anti-political time in America. You know, the assault weapons ban that was went into effect in 1994, which lapsed under the Bush administration in 2004, um, really felt like the last gasp and an attempt to do something about the epidemic of gun violence in America. Um, I mean, I think after Sandy Hook happened and nothing happened, you know what I mean? After Sandy Hook, where yeah. they killed, you know, it was over 30. Yeah. And like nothing happened after that. Then, you know, it's, it's literally unimaginable for uh, a, a mass shooting that is like kind of horrific enough that will get anything to, uh, be changed meaningfully. I mean, the one that people don't even talk about was the Las Vegas shooting. Do you remember that guy? Oh, of course. Killed, like 80 people or something. He was some like shit a sniper a, at a roof. Wasn't, yeah. he? Wasn't it like yeah. a festival or a concert or something? Yeah, it was crazy. at a country music concert. He just like and just, you know, sprayed uh, the crowd with bullets and killed like, you know, and like no one even knows why and like nothing was done after that. Um, it's, it's really depressing and it just shows how in our system, because people talk about the gun lobby and I understand why and people talk about the money of the gun lobby and it's not quite like it's not quite as it's not that really it's like it, it really isn't like the gun industry is nowhere near the size of say the healthcare industry or the banking right. industry or um big tech or oil industry or whatever it's comparatively a tiny tiny industry and if you look at campaign donations it's, it's not even that big of they just don't even the reason why is because they don't need to because the nra is in a twisted way what a um, political party should be or a minoritarian political party should be like, the, for example, like the DSA should copy the NRA. Right. And that they have these kind of hundreds of thousands, um, if not millions of people around the country who are paying members of the NRA and that enforce that enforces a certain discipline on its members and can rally enough voters in specific elections where they can tip the balance um, especially in Republican politics. So it's, it is actually a weird, in a weird way, a uh, example of- Of an effective institution. Yeah, of an effective democratic institution, you know, and that it's effective at um, moving people to the polls and enforcing a sort of party discipline um, that can punish politicians if they don't get in line and things like that. So um it's that's what's depressing about our system in that such a small number of people um who are well organized um especially when it comes to throwing gears uh, sand in the gears rather than kind of like doing something positive like 
you know, the NRA can't pass new laws like that or like, but it's, I mean, they've won, so it doesn't really matter, but like what they can do is just prevent anything from happening. You know, there's enough, um, enough of a small, uh, but well, you know, organized and militant minority that they are able to throw enough sand in the gears where just nothing ever happens. And yeah, I mean, the Democrats, like it's, it's just like an absolute joke at this point. Like they, they're not even pretending to do anything about it. Like, you know, they're just like sitting around saying like, Republicans, please do something, even though we're the party in power. I mean, that's great messaging, folks. You know, like this is how powerless we are <laughs> that we just have to beg Republicans who are in the minority to to do something. I mean, the, it's hard to, you know, it's just it, it's one of those things where, like, as you pointed out, there's hundreds of millions of guns. The logistics of like removing them are insane. Obviously, like, you know, uh, any sane country would ban the sale of new assault weapons. Because that's like yeah. what you know. That's, that's these AR-15s, man. They're just like fucking killing machines. Um, you know, and all these kind of mass shooters are just buying AR-15s, like you know, and then just going to school and shooting them up. But it's just one of those things that, like, it's becoming pretty obvious that if you want to live in America, you live under the risk of just being shot to death um, by some psycho, whether it's in a school or in a mall or at your place of work or or at the gym or wherever. Uh, it's just part of life in America, and there's just not much we can do about it. Yeah, and I think people have socialized and steeled themselves to think that, like, look, um, kids getting popped at school, that's just cost of doing business, collateral damage, you know, uh, whatever the, the terms or euphemisms you want to use is just like them bees the brakes, okay? Like, if we're going to have our guns, which people think they so richly deserve, this is just what's going to happen, and that's going to be part of it. Um, I, I think th that's a one. But I also think that people overestimate um, what the gun show loophole or, you know, what they call common yeah. sense gun control would fix. Because a part in – and I know, like, a lot of liberals are just, like, they roll their eyes when they hear Republicans say, yo, deranged people are doing this. Like, it's true, though. Like <laughs> – yeah. It's it's well, mentally I, deranged the background people check, doing it. The background check would help, yeah. you know? like in some degree, it would help. I mean, and it is insane that they can't even get the background check uh, thing, you know, because the background check takes what, like two or three days, like even just the cool down period, you know, like yeah. where mm -hmm. if some some guy gets like angry and then decides to do this and then, you know, they, they have to sleep on it for three days and shit, maybe it doesn't sound like such a good idea anymore, you know. Um, but yeah, they can't even do that. Yeah, and and I think the the mental health component of it, and, and like nobody ever wants to see it as this holistic. But when you live in a country and you leave everybody on their own, and basically like, yo, you got to fend for yourself, fam. And whatever yeah. happens to you, sort of happens to you. Um, yeah. I think this is what you're gonna get. Like people yeah. who are suffering. Uh, with mental problems, um, emotional problems, and don't have access to treatment. There's no infrastructure that is out there to help them. Like, look, if you're rich as fuck and you need help with a mental breakdown and you need help with a drug addiction, you need help with um different kinds of things, you can check yourself into a rehab. You don't have to work for a living, so you won't become homeless. Like, you can take the time that it um that you need to heal. Like, all of these things, like. If you are an independently wealthy person, there's private access to the kinds yeah. of stuff that you need. But as far as the state apparatus, 
uh, taking care of people that are, you know, that have problems and need, and need help. It just doesn't exist. And so all of these things become compounded in a country that is just like literally you're just tripping over guns yeah. in, in this damn place. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, you know, if I had to pick like one, you know, reform, like if I had a magic wand and I can pick one reform in America, like it might be Medicare for all. Like what, mm. because of what you just talked about, like Medicare for all would solve so many social ills in this country from reducing the amount of gun violence, reducing the amount of suicide by guns, which is still the number one cause of gun death is suicide by guns. <laughs> um, it would reduce uh, the amount of domestic violence um, in this country. It would reduce all kinds of social ills that are epidemic in this country would be solved by just access to health care. I mean, that's just that's just the reality. Obviously. You know, I would still like to um, get the guns off the streets and, and all that stuff. But like healthcare and access to healthcare just compounds in so many ways to other social ills in ways that are not entirely obvious. But man, like it, it, when you start to look at it that way, you, you start to realize like in this country, if you're not rich, you're living on the edge all the time. And that is mm -hmm. going to drive you insane. Like it just is. Um, or for a certain amount of people, it is, um, you know, yes, everyone, like a lot of people are, are strong and fight through it, but a lot of people just succumb to it and, 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 you know, they, they do horrible shit, whether it's kill other people or kill themselves or beat their wife or, or whatever, you know, like it's, 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 it's a violent place because the state allows it to be a violent place because the state does not take care of people, that there is no social safety net in America. Um, it just lets people fall and then people get desperate and or crazy. Yeah. And, I, you know, unfortunately, man, this, this, these, these clusters of mass shootings and mass deaths, I mean, it, it, like, to be honest, the gun issue is not something that we're super attuned here um, at Woke Bros because, like, it, it's kind of so fucking um just the lay of the land at this point and it feels pretty fucking settled especially when you consider like nando said fucking parkland they were just like yeah yeah you know um and so yeah. once you see that and it's over um but yeah we felt like it was important to talk about it because you know a lot of people feel like angry about it and rightfully so and feel scared um you know there's yeah. people in new york city that like the crime has risen in so many freaking cities uh the sort of um metropolitan centers of our country where crime is up across the board man from new york to la a uh, violent crime at that and so many people are scared uh, and I understand, and 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 do yourselves a favor. Don't even bother looking at Sleepy Joe and his cohort in that damn party, because <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what they—they're they, gonna—you're gonna be holding your dick at the end of the day, uh, waiting for those dudes or and gals to to do anything for you. And so we move on from obviously what's been tragic and and horrible. Um, to something uh, less tragic, less horrible, and quite frankly, more funny. Um, Yo, I don't know. Y'all know this. I mean, y'all know I'm not from here. My dad uh, is from Sudan. I'm from Sudan. My dad's lived a really interesting life. He literally grew up in a village. He was born in a village by the Nile. Yes, that's right. Just like, just like Moses. Father <laughs> was like, grew up like playing in the Nile and avoiding crocodiles and stuff like that. He's got the most interesting man in the world. 
And like when he was seven, he had to leave and he moved to a town in Western Sudan. Uh, he left his mom, he left his entire family other than his dad. His dad, my grandfather was a, was a merchant. So my dad lived with him as he went to school and you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away from where he grew up. And then obviously he continued to grow and he moved to Khartoum and he went to college and then midway through college he decided to hitchhike through Europe. That's right, like with like five dollars to his name. This man hitchhiked on boats and trains and all types of shit until he got to Europe and went to countries where he, he didn't speak any language and they didn't speak any language and he had to talk about going into restaurants and going into the kitchen for the, them to show him what's cooking so he could say yes to this and no to that or whatever because there was no uh, communication going on. I say all this say like my dad has a million stories and I'm pretty sure I haven't heard them all even the ones I've heard are pretty interesting but I wish there was a way I could get all the stories together particularly the ones that I don't know yet and now there is. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your dad or father figure connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. How it works. Every week, StoryWorth emails your dad a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, what is one of your fondest childhood memories? Or, have you ever feared for your life? This is a, a million questions you could ask, right? You know, for me, it would be like, when did you realize you were poor? I said, my dad grew up barefoot in a village. Like, when? what was the moment he realized he was poor? I don't think I've ever asked him that, but that's the kind of question I think I'd love to, to ask. And, and once I asked it, I, I really would enjoy reading the answers to those questions. You discover stories and memories you never heard about and learn new things about stories you thought you really knew. As I told you about my dad, hitchhiking through Europe. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. I mean, just think about it. I've got kids, and you know, luckily, you know, my my, my dad and my mom live with us, so my kids have a relationship with their grandparents that I didn't have because my grandparents were dead, you know, before I was born. Um, but imagine being able to go back and read all those stories and the crazy stories and memories that my dad had uh, it's it's a great story worth this this is one of probably one of the best father's day gifts you can come up with so this is what i want you to do give all the fathers in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come story worth right now for a limited time you can save ten dollars on your first purchase when you go to storywatch.com slash bomb, that's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash B-O-M-M. Save $10 off your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash B-O-M-M. The Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Uh, Johnny Depp, excuse me, I don't know why I said Depp. Uh, Johnny Depp case has come to an end. He's been awarded $15 million in damages. Uh, Nando, can you... <laughs> can you um, give the people a brief recap of what's been going on with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? Because I got I'm not going to lie to you. It's not something I paid close attention to. Once I heard something about a shit getting taken on somebody's bed. Yeah. I was like, all right, this might not be the news story 
for me. Yeah. Um, can you give the people a brief overview about what's been happening with them? So I guess it was a couple years ago, Amber Heard, you know, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were married uh, for a while. And I guess it was a couple years ago that Amber Heard um, uh, wrote an op-ed, I think it was in the Washington Post, um, basically accusing Johnny Depp of domestic abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. And Johnny Depp then decided to uh, sue her for defamation. Mm. Um, and she then countersued. So there was these twin lawsuits. And, you know, I'm not an expert on this shit, but like for, for whatever reason, it was like they, they it was sued in the state of Virginia. The lawsuit happened in the state of Virginia, which for whatever reason, like allowed for camera, like just for whatever reason, this like this court, this court case, like which actually went to trial. It wasn't settled. You know, which like half of these things are are are, are more than these things are usually settled, um, was broadcast live on TV and became kind of the latest uh, the latest front of the culture war. Um, mm-hmm. Liberals kind of reflexively um, sided with Amber Heard. Uh, which and, like why? <laughs> well, yeah, and conservatives reflexively sided with Johnny Depp. Um, what I can guarantee you is that neither side, uh, like, actually kind of looked at the facts of the case because um, <laughs> this issue has been kind of politicized to the point where uh, it doesn't matter. And um, that's kind of crazy. And, um, you know, the fact that he won um, pretty decisively uh, and, and the reactions to it, I find, are both kind of fascinating, but also um dispiriting in terms of the, the the discourse of today's time in which like again everything gets thrown into the culture war and if you're like on the good team you, you yep. you're supposed to you know you're supposed to like no one actually looking at it and and you know i think that the fact that a a jury kind of so overwhelmingly sided with johnny depp um you know should give people pause about the way um the way you kind of latch onto these narratives that are bigger that that are bigger than the actual facts at hand you know, like, I mean, Johnny Depp produced some video, some audio, you know, of Amber Heard. Basically, like, it's crazy because you never get this in a trial where, like, the 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 person is like literally admitting to the crime, like out loud. Um, mm-hmm. Where she was like, where he was like, you know, maybe because he knew he was recording her and he, recording her, he was like, "What are you doing right now?" He's like, "I'm hitting you right now." And I'm starting to, I'm trying to provoke a physical fight with you. Uh, and he's like, he's like begging her not to. And she's like, you know, stop being such a fucking pussy. You know, like, uh, I didn't even hit you that hard. You know? And it's like, man, you know. Man, like, don't believe women. Yeah, the, <laughs> Hashtag the believe women. <laughs> yeah, the credibility of, of Amber Heard took a very serious, um, <laughs> a very serious uh, a hit on that one. But um, again, like, I, I, Again, I, I think people are, you know, very quick to um, try to derive some larger political meaning from any of this stuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, that this is, you know, a danger to all women or whatever. And like, man, I, I don't, I don't know that that's that that's the case, or, or at least that your your people are turning it into something bigger than it should be, rather than just like a dispute between two people that is being adjudicated in the courts. Um, and we should just try to like follow the facts and see. Well, hold you know, on, Nando. Nando, a yeah. woman accused the guy of domestic violence in the Washington Post. It has to be true. Yeah. It uh, surely it has to be true. Never mind that this woman is a celebrity, and I tell people this all the time. These people get paid to lie to us. That's yeah. their job. 
man, woman, in between, whatever, non-binary, you name it, celebrities lie to us for a living. So this idea that just because Amber Heard is a woman, nothing else about her matters. And everything that she says or accuses people of should, should just be taken as gospel. Forget about due process and, you know, just the, just the, the fucking uh, legal system that we, that we have in place. It should just be like, yo, she's a chick, so nah, it's true. It, it, it's kind of just ridiculous. And then, of course, you know, we get my favorite part of all of this, Nando. Um, the Root puts out an article saying that... Uh, what this Amber Heard verdict means for black women. Somehow, this yeah. is a com this 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 fucking celebrity circus somehow has a me has a meaning to black women at large in America. Yeah. These two ultra rich people and their silly grievance and dispute has somehow has a bearing on the lives of black women at large in America, rank and file black women. You know, I, I think about those women in Bessemer, Alabama, Nando, uh, who were trying to unionize for Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Surely this is a commentary on their everyday lives and the material circumstances that dictate how they live. Surely, Nando, this, this, yeah. this is a great indication of what, what life yeah. means for them. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean, I, I just think often people left to center, often liberals, like they don't realize the blowback to to certain things that they kind of push, you know what I mean? Like that, that <laughs> reflexively siding with Amber Heard over like a very popular celebrity, you know, man, Johnny Depp, um, without like any, without paying any attention to the facts of the case, you know, or like pre-condemning, like, you know, Mm -hmm. having your mind made up before any before even the facts are laid out like let's say the facts came out and it was true that johnny depp was uh or, or it became very obvious that johnny depp was abusing her that'd be one thing but the johnny depp was condemned in the court of kind of liberal public opinion before they even stepped foot in a courtroom and people like often liberals people don't realize like you know most people just don't feel that way they don't like that shit they want you know like they they want to just figure out, like, okay, like, like or like, they want to give people a chance to, like, you know, defend let's see how it plays whatever. out. You know, like, yeah, let's like, see how, how it plays, plays out. out. And it's like, and it's like now, like, you've gotten to the point where the uh, the House GOP account, Twitter account, just tweeted out like a Jack Sparrow gift, like from the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. Like, it's turned him into a right wing hero. Um, and and the thing is, like. You know, I don't know that the liberal kind of side has a has a solid foundation to stand on, but they've just handed them this like massive victory, right? Um, like the facts of the case came out, and the jury uh, like overwhelmingly sided with Johnny Depp. Like it's just it, it's it's you know they they just set themselves up for the L so hard um, and just handed the, the the reactionary elements of this country a a huge victory. Um, and it's like, just tactically, guys, like, what are you doing? You know, like, um, and, how do you not and, and take the obvious is... kind of position of just being like, let's see what the court says. Like, I don't know, let's evaluate the evidence to see what the court says instead of just like pre-condemning someone without knowing anything. And this is the best. This is my favorite part about our current moment. Like, we've never been a more politically oriented people. Ever. 
we literally redound everything to politics and what side you stand on. However, we've never had dumber fucking politics ever. Yeah. Like it's never yeah. been this stupid. Like, look, if people were hyper um politicized and everything, and it was like, man, I wonder what Johnny Depp uh lies on upping social security right like we should give people more social uh where does he stand on health care where does he stand yeah. on the minimum wage where does he stand on housing policy with like no yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all of this identity politics bullshit, and that's all they care about and that's what politics means to them so it's like in a moment with like you know in the 90s with no like politics just didn't come up like nobody knew what Kurt Cobain's politics were, you know what right. I'm saying? To now where everybody's just hyper political, but now it's just political about the stupidest shit. Literally, Amber fucking heard. I couldn't name a movie this chick's been in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know I don't anything know about, about your... this woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know about like in your life. Uh, your personal life wise but like just anecdotally in my life like the kind of norm my like normie friends you know like the ones that aren't like super online mm -hmm. the ones that just have like kind of normal jobs and like normal day-to-day -day existence like that aren't like super politicized like they're all broadly kind of liberal you mm -hmm. know like I have, I have a few conservative friends or whatever but i'm not talking about those i'm talking about just kind of like normie liberal uh kind of people who aren't super online or not like following the discourse obsessively mm -hmm. um they all more or less sided with. They were all more or less like this. Shit sounds like, you know, it sounds like it sounds like Johnny Depp like is being done dirty over here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and like, Simple. and it's like, and it's and it's like I, I don't. It's like you're handing, you're handing like a, a victory to to the right wing like just so obviously. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like people don't like people just generally don't like people to be falsely accused of stuff. You know? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's just it, and and it's. And, and like to then to just have like everyone then just jump on top of it and be like, this is, this is, this is, we can't even look at the fact. Yeah, if, just Amber, if rich, white, okay. blonde Amber Heard can't have her credibility impugned on record and get away with it, it means black women in America are doomed. It's just, it, it's the most ridiculous, stupid shit uh, you've ever heard. But then, of course, you know, it's Pride Month, ladies and gentlemen, which means that uh, the U.S. Army... Uh, wants you to know that somehow um, the killing machine standing with the gays or I don't know, whatever, uh, you yeah. need to know about that. The Pinkerton, what was the other joint? Oh, the, the Pinkerton. fucking Pinkerton. <laughs> the Pinkerton Agency. Oh, it's incredible. The Pinkerton Agency, which is still around. Uh, I can't believe they're still around. Guys, just um, go look up the Pinkertons, bro. Like, this was like... Before uh, J. Edgar Hoover got in charge of the FBI and he could do shit like COINTELPRO, when the the old, the ruling class wanted to jam people up, they hired the Pinkertons. Yeah. Before they basically subsidized, yeah. got the um, United States government to subsidize this type of dirty work, they hired the yeah. Pinkertons. Yeah. Uh, this this company has been around for 150, 200 years or something ridiculous like that. Security company, they get, they put out a Pride Month tweet. I yeah, mean, no, if, if you if you if you were like a railroad baron in 1871, and some fucking workers that like 
you know, after like a big tragedy and like 30 of them died in like some explosion or some shit because your safety regulations were no good. And they decided to they wanted to form a union so that this never happened. And you needed to kill like maybe 50 of them just to send a message. You'd hire the Pinkertons. That's yeah. that's like what they and they would just come in. Uh, the, the government more or less looked the other way. And then they would just like murder a bunch of union organizers. Uh, and that's basically what they did. They also spied on people and shit. They're just like maybe one of the most evil things ever exist. They're still around. Mostly, most of what they do today was is they get hired by like Mexican oligarchs or like rich people in the Hamptons who are convinced that the the rabble are gonna like uh, you know rise up and steal their fucking uh, mm. you know jet skis mm. or whatever, so that they mm. they do like private security for rich people, but. Um, they put out a tweet saying that, you know, like we at the Pinkerton Agency celebrate Pride Month and we love to recruit uh, agents who are LGBTQ plus IA. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we stand in, in solidarity. It's like, oh, my God, dude, this is like yeah. maybe the funniest example of like woke yeah. washing that I can, I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's going to be pretty tough to beat the CIA. And that yeah. that commercial with the brown woman. I was have talking imposter about, syndrome. I'm a queer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have yeah, imposter yeah, yeah. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. It's social anxiety <laughs> disorder. It, it's gonna be tough to top that, but this this comes pretty fucking close. Yeah, I, my, my, my one of the classics that I'll never forget is the uh, the Navy painted uh, one of their fighter jets pink in honor of breast cancer awareness month <laughs> you know so i'm just like imagining like a they're gonna drop event, like, bombs on brown kids heads yeah. in the middle east from a pink fucking plane it's perfect yeah it's yeah perfect. yeah like they're gonna blow up some wedding in afghanistan and like they're gonna drop the bomb like in a <laughs> and it'll be fine because and be like hey plane. check for luck check for luck <laughs> <laughs> while you're picking up your son's fucking uh oh. limbs from uh from the floor uh just check for luck and you'll be okay fantastic well guys that's our show for today we apologize for the audio difficulties um we'll be back next week bigger stronger than ever uh make sure you subscribe to count the things patreon make sure you're checking out all the count the things offerings we're out of here guys peace out later